and one, two, three, four, five. And welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on episode 20. Oh my god. We have, we've hit the other double-digit milestone, um, which is slightly less exciting than 10 and slightly more exciting than 30. You know what's really irks me already about this so far? What? Is that you started the podcast with the word and. <laughs> it's like starting a book with and. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, technically I start the podcast with the word one. Or five. Do I count yeah, down or count up? That, that's more for your editing purposes. Not... <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, but it still makes it into the final podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's a, okay, it's a sorry, yeah. twenty. Sure, I don't know, like, but I, I mean, it is and the last podcast. It's it's the next episode. You just and mm. welcome back. Where Maybe one day we'll have like a supercut of all of them in a row. Oh my god! Yeah. And it'll just, then it'll make sense. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the first podcast I said, "Welcome to the TMZJ podcast." I'm Walter Cronkite. What? Walter Cronkite. It's a, he. He was a. He was an American newscaster from like I want to say the '60s, mm. or maybe the. Yeah, I want to say the '60s. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um. Oh. Yeah. So it oh. is. Oh, what? Bollocks. What did you, you do? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> uh, I just realized my oh, floodle flop. Uh, keep talking. Come okay, <laughs> we are on uh, uh, on with topics to begin things uh, for our twentieth episode. We didn't have twenty themed topics, but uh, to start things off, I, I I just wanted to talk about this. We we've talked previously about like stupid technology, um, things that just seemed completely idiotic uh, and really don't serve much of a purpose besides being a gimmick. And yeah. this was something that I sort of thought was going to fall into those categories until I actually got my hands on it and realized it's actually pretty cool. Um, I got these pair, uh, this pair of sunglasses that are also headphones and microphones. So it looks just like a pair, just a normal pair of sunglasses, but it's got speakers in the rim on the out on the back of it where it goes over your ear and a microphone on it somewhere and bluetooth so it hooks up to your phone and like you can walk it's it's a pair of sunglasses they work fine they've got uv uv protection they're really high quality sunglasses but they're also playing like audio into your ears they're just really fucking cool and after after we spent the better part of an entire segment 1 talking about how some gimmick technology is just absolutely stupid, and people are, well, potentially idiots for for picking it up. I, I wanted yeah. to throw out one one positive piece. Like this, I thought I thought it was going to be a gimmick. I got them for free through like a work thing. <clears throat> Excuse me, I coughed away from the mic. I remembered to do that. Good job. Uh, <laughs> Like, uh, at work, they do, like, this incentive program where if you complete a project or do something helpful, instead of giving you money, they give you these gift card points, and you can put them towards stuff in this store, and 
it's just a way for them. I, it's 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 a cool <laughs> thing. Uh, but whenever I get enough of these points to buy something, I always spend it on something that I would have never bought normally. So the last time I did it, I got an iPad. Um, because I think tablets are stupid, and I still <laughs> I still think they're stupid. But I, I do use that iPad quite a bit. Um. Because it's basically just a big phone that doesn't call people. Then you've got... Th- these these glasses were another thing I, I picked up on that. And I, it's something I never would have bought on my own. But now, I actually think they, they're something that are, are worth buying if you... I, I, I wore them running. Um, you know, I've worn them walking around, like, doing errands mm-hmm. outside. And, yeah, they, they're... You can make calls on them. That, I don't know. Just really cool. I'm waffling. They're just really cool. Yeah, so thank you for waffling. Uh, basically, my, my audio is going to be awful for the first third of this podcast. <laughs> um, because I don't know why my microphone is being a B word. A biscuit. It's being a biscuit. And so there will be no recording of my voice separately. Uh, just so you know. All right. um, yes, what? no. But the sunglasses are super cool. Really cool sunglasses. I saw them yesterday. They're kind of like Blues Brothers sunglasses kind of thing. Um, yeah, shame they're not aviators, but honestly. I'm glad that you told me that, I, by the I'm way, sure. Blue. Um, so your, your, your mic isn't recording right now? Correct. Okay, I made one tiny adjustment on my end, so your audio won't be super awful, but yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll figure it out in post. Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> uh, so technical what if, difficulties. Oof. The, there is a podcast that I listen to, which I honestly think is underappreciated. It's two old um, StarCraft. Uh, they used to do StarCraft casting and other video game stuff back when StarCraft Two was huge. Um, now they're uh, one of them still streaming, and he's 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 pretty popular. And the other guy, I, I want to say he has you know he has his own website and he does like <clears throat> th- this stuff. Um, and this this podcast is his. Uh, the the podcast is actually called Technical Difficulties, right? Uh, and it it doesn't get like a, a I think it should get more views. It doesn't get a ton of them. Mm. It, it's like maybe a few hundred every podcast. They do actually do the podcast. They stream the podcast live, and then they publish a recorded version afterwards. So I don't know how many viewers they have when they're going out live. It's probably more since one of them's a streamer. Um, but I I enjoy it. Mm. Hmm. Just the technical difficulties thing made me think of that. But yeah, that is well, not... sorry, go on. I was going to go on with technical difficulty things, not relating to what we've just been talking about, but something else. Oh, okay. I do want to get back to what we were... Well, yeah. The other topic. Well, the original topic. Okay, no, no, cool. No, right, no, I'm no. going. Um, <laughs> Not the original topic. All right, go on, go on. So, the, uh, the, the Yoscast Jingle Jam thing is still going on, which I talked about last week. Mm. And I was saying earlier to Kaiser how they're doing a special CSGO in-house tournament. Yeah. And... Uh, they were having a lot of technical difficulties because the number of people, and this does make me mad, hmm. the number of people that are DDoSing a charity live stream. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. It's not. It, it, I shouldn't be. I'll tell you why I'm laughing um, after after you tell the story. But so DDoSing, I can't, I don't know exactly what DDoS stands for. I'm sure Kaiser does. It's denial of it's a denial of service attack. I don't remember what the exact acronym stands for. Basically, but... they crash the servers that everything is running on, yeah. so everything freezes up and nothing works. Yeah. So the game, they got like halfway through a game of CS:GO. It was really good. It was brilliant. A lot of people were donating a lot of money to charity, and then the whole thing just froze and crashed because some absolute chocolate bar out there was, you know, got it into their heads that they wanted to just stop everything and just be a giant dinosaur, and that is kind of disgusting to me. Okay, and let me tell you why it was amusing to me when you first said it. Okay. So there, there's, this is one of the things that is uh, both horrifying and magical, I think, about the internet. Is that it's a place where it's essentially a parody of real life in a lot of ways. Like, if you give somebody the opportunity to be a horrible person and troll on the internet... In general, someone's going to take that opportunity. I'm mm. thinking back to an event that happened in uh, World of Warcraft. I, I didn't play it, but I heard about this like third hand through people like doing like um, videos on it and like yeah. retrospectives and stuff. Uh, there was a person who in a guild who died, and they they held a funeral for him in World of Warcraft, and you know because all his friends played it and stuff like that. But they right. held it in, like, a public server, public area, which I don't know if you can do it in a private one in World of Warcraft at the time. I don't understand that game. And, of course, a rival guild ra raided the funeral and killed everyone. Uh. <laughs> and again, I'm laughing, but it's horrible. <laughs> There's such a something I've always found trolling amusing. And... That I didn't mean you'd ever do something like that. Though. Oh no, I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't. No. But re reading or hearing about it third hand amuses me. Um, the thing is, they're not even making a present. They're not even doing something funny. No, like, no, exactly. Like, it's... They appreciate there's like an actual battle kind of thing going on, and there's right. it, there's a face that you can see. You have someone you can blame. Yeah. Whereas this is just like they, they don't get anything. There's nothing to get from it. They're, they're just, just fucking with like a good cause, and it's just yeah. gummy. They're just crashing the server, just because it could could be somebody that just doesn't like them too. But still, it's you think for charity that that's the moment where you you know kind of not do something like that. But then again, yeah. it, it, in in my mind, it's probably some fucking edgy teenager or 20-something who just, you know, wanted to be a dick. You know, is just... hates mm -hmm. life right now and just wanted to be a dick. That's that's my, my read on it. And it is it is horrible that it happened, especially for... I mean, it's like going for, like, going to, like, a cancer walk and, like, I don't know, setting fire to the drinks table. Yeah. Or, it's, actually, um... no, it's, it's more than that. It's more like blowing up the road at a cancer walk. <laughs> like, because a yeah. DDoS attack is going to take down everything. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, yeah, no, I just... that That's te technical difficulties. That was on that topic, so I threw it out there. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a going, slightly darker technical difficulty. 
going back to what we were talking about before, you said you had something? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was what we were talking about before we actually started the podcast. And um, just to give a brief, brief synopsis, and we won't dwell on this point in particular, um, but there's a bit of a, a row going on about some actor who isn't gay playing a gay person in a movie or TV show or something like that. So, yeah, James Corden... Uh, oh, that's who it is, yeah. Popularly known for his uh, evening show, The Late Late Show, I think it is. Mm. Uh, also, Gavin Stacey, he was a big actor. Um, he's a comedian. And he, he's just very well known. Um, and he recently performed in uh, a Netflix production called The Prom as a gay character. Uh and yeah, Kaiser Jungle. Yeah, so basically, my people got mad because you know he's you know he's not gay; he's playing this character. And I was thinking, like, my immediate reaction was, "Why the hell are people mad? Like, you're you're an actor. Your job is to pretend to be something you're not. He's apparently a good actor if he's pretending to be gay and he's not." But I, I like the the argument is like oh he's taking jobs away from all the gay actors out there that could have been cast in the role, and I, I don't want to get into that debate, but yeah, it reminded me of a quote that I heard uh, quite a few years ago, and it was an actor talking about like his style of acting versus versus like method acting, because method mm. actors are the people who are like. You know, I'm going to play a psychopath, so I'm going to lock myself in my hotel room and just not have human contact for 38 days or something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I'm, I have to play this this Olympic athlete, so I'm going to train every day. Are you saying that and... James Corden slept with a man in order to be methodized? No, no, that is not. <laughs> God damn it, that is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it, it just it reminded me of that because there was one actor who was commenting on method acting, and I, I can't remember what actor this was. Um and I'm going to butcher the quote because it's been years since I've even heard this, uh, it was, he He goes like, um, he's like, I, he said something along the lines of, I have no respect for method actors. Like, you're not acting at that point. You're just, you're literally being the character or something like that. Like, an actor is someone who gets a role, and no matter what the role is, they turn up and they can play that role. Like, I can mm. see if you have to have a certain physical appearance. Like, in Fight Club, during the filming of that movie, uh, Brad Pitt, like, did some serious workouts over the course of filming, so he looked bigger and bigger and bigger as the movie went on. And uh, what's-his-face? The other guy, uh, Edward Norton. I'm surprised I remember that guy's name. Um, <laughs> he, like, he actually went on a crash diet during it, so he looked progressively more emaciated. That's that I can kind of get behind because they were still acting, but then as part of playing the character during the, the filming of the movie, they changed their physical appearance. You can't; it's hard to act your physical appearance. But in terms of like personality and thinking and temperament, I think I personally have a lot more respect for the people who actually just turn up and can play a character with just some rehearsal and stuff like that. They don't need to do all this method acting to get themselves in the right mindset to be the character. I mean, that's, that's really is the, the core. The, the best actor is just someone who could be anyone on a, you know, on a dime. Um, yeah. And if, 
if it takes you know a week or a month for someone to hone themselves to that particular role then I think that's dedication to the craft rather than just you know trying to I don't know I don't know all that back to that you discussed really what their problem was um, I feel like that's part and parcel of acting is that you really get into the, the shoes of the character you're playing to best um, emulate them yeah I mean maybe it, it I guess it depends on like which which yeah it, it's oh. no, I'm just, I, I was trying to organize my thoughts because okay. it's whether I have a lot more respect for so I'll use the first uh analog I was talking about playing you're playing a psychopath in a movie right yep I have a lot more respect for the person who can just you know read the role do a bit of rehearsal show up on the day of filming and play a sociopath and be really convincing than right. the person who has to go through all of these like prep all the prep work and they 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 need to get into the character they need to make themselves a sociopath because at that point you're not playing a sociopath You've just become a sociopath. Like, just... I... Sorry, I thought you finished. No, I was finished. I, I would I would compare that to... You know when you were at college, and maybe, maybe you're going to fall into the category that I'm about to describe, but maybe not. Um, when you were at college or university or school or whatever, and there were exams coming up, right? Yeah. I have more respect for the people that sat down with a fucking book every night for a month and worked their ass off and got a moderate grade, I have far more respect for them than the people who didn't do jack shit to um, prepare for an exam and they're one of these people who just walks in and gets like an A-star and swaggers out like oh, it was a piece of cake it means nothing to me, it's so easy and that's the comparison that is happening in my head right now. Alright, um... I'm the latter person. Yeah, that's why I said at the beginning that you might fall into one of the categories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I... But, put it put in that context... That actually does put it in a bit different context. I do... <laughs> despite the fact that, yes, I, I did fall into the latter category, I never studied in college, and I, I walked out of there with, like, a, a high GPA. Um... I do have a lot more respect for the people who actually sit down and do the work and study. Hmm. But I guess it's it's <clears throat> yeah. Maybe it's because in my mind I'm I'm thinking of acting as something very different from work. <laughs> as bad yeah, as that's I mean, it is a career and it's the same as any other job really. It's just Yeah, it's a it's a craft. Movement. It's a it's a yeah. craft. It's similar to like any other trade, like you know, woodworking or something like that. So, okay, <laughs> maybe I'm just being uh, <laughs> like, I'm not. Maybe, maybe I'm just being thick on this topic. But I mean, in the same way as a as a graphic designer, some someone could just come up to me and say, "Look, you draw like ooh, you draw little doodles every day. Good for you. You're working so hard." <laughs> but it's not just that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just drawing little doodles. It's um, and and every time I'm sure every time that a actor does method act, yeah, they probably over time build up a um 
a regime for each time they do that. And so the next time they have to act as a uh, a bartender in the 1800s, mm. which is completely different to anything they've played before. They already have a idea in their head of, right, this is what I need to do, this is what I need to do, this is what I need to do, to get better at becoming the bartender in the 80s, 1800s. I like to think after so long doing method acting that they've just, like, built up a large degree of psychosis. So they don't think, they don't think that. They think, oh, I've been to the 1800s before. <laughs> like, it's a kind of multiple personality, um, <laughs> mental, I don't know, Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's that actually does kind of that like okay okay I'm I'm I've reversed my opinion in the course of five <laughs> minutes I can at least well I can at least have more sympathy for for method actors at this yeah. point I, I, like we're not looking to change anyone's mind or anything it's just it's nice to see someone else's point of view and I do agree that it is it is very impressive to see someone who can just walk on stage and just suddenly be someone else that is certainly impressive yeah and that's i guess that's the different uh the difference there it's it's hard work versus talent mm. yeah natural talent versus talent <laughs> yeah <laughs> not and but you know what i mean yeah There's, well, i think that's that's an interesting um point to get into we to transition into is like there cuz i think there's two kinds of talent there's the the kind that you somebody who is talented and somebody mm. who has like developed a talent yeah i don't know if and I'm... i think there are people who have done both as well so like um mozart for example mm. I, I believe as a child he was like a prodigy uh, in fact I'm, I'm pretty damn certain mm. he was like even even as a very young child he was making these amazing pieces and so he had like oodles of natural talent right yeah that much is obvious but he also clearly must have spent most of his life sat at a piano. <laughs> well, and so that's what probably... The combination of those two things is probably what led him to becoming so historically famous across the world. Yeah, and I'm thinking, was it Mozart or was it Beethoven? One of them went deaf in later life and they learned to compose and... I, I want to say it was Mozart, but I might be wrong. <laughs> Because do you remember when we played um, <clears throat> um, the fucking miming game the other day? <laughs> wait, 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 was this about Ray Charles? No, 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 no. When you, me, and Alicia, yeah, we're playing. We were doing uh, the charades. Charades, that's the one. And there was a movie, and I enacted cutting my ears off. Is that the one that you're talking about, uh, Amadeus? Oh. Wait, did he cut his ears off? Yeah, he went. Oh right, bit, yeah, you sent me a link to the movie. Sorry, no, this is coming back to me now. It's... God. Yeah, that was Mozart who um who went deaf. Um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> God, that was only a week ago. This has been one of the the Maybe. last the last two <laughs> weeks the last two weeks of the year for me like work weeks of the year always feel like eternities because I'm working crazy hours and it just it, mm. it feels like I'm never going to get anything done in time. Yeah, you've been very nose to grindstone recently. Yeah. 
but um, anyway, the reason I brought up Mozart in that that regard is like yes, raw talent when he was younger, but when he got older, he went deaf and had to. But he still managed to compose like really high quality music, despite being deaf by like listening to vibrations and just knowing how the you know the keys and stuff worked. Yeah, uh, like, I wouldn't be surprised <clears throat> if he just could in his head. I was gonna say visualize. The music, um, yeah. Yeah, he just knows what every note looks like and sounds like, mm. and so he doesn't need to play it because I, I I wouldn't be surprised. It could be complete bollocks, but yeah. There's an, um, there's an interesting like um, uh, mental uh, thing, and it's 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 a I don't know if it's genetic or if it's uh, something that like is caused by something. I'm not sure if anyone does. I I haven't I didn't look this up and do any research into it but there's a condition where people are able to like their their senses are crossed not not like as in reversed but like they can assign like a, a sound might also have a smell to them or mm. uh, a texture could have a sound to it and it's not that they like they they put their hand across some sandpaper and in their their head they hear a note or something like that. It's just that their brain interprets that that texture as two different senses at the same time. Right. Or like they they smell like they smell fresh cut grass, and they also at the same time, you know, taste steak or something like that. I well, I mean, we know that when like uh, people are having strokes, for example, they think they can smell burnt toast. Mm. Well, um, that, that's your so I, I, that's your brain dying. That's not. Well, but my, my point is, even though it's not an actual thing, like, we know that something, e even though some smell is not there, hmm. we know that it's possible to smell things. So I can understand it being the same thing with, if you're having a particular sensation, other than having a stroke, then I can understand that people might have some kind of reaction that's completely different to anything that anyone would expect. You know... That's that's actually a a, a good point because like sometimes when I'm I, I'm like re I'm remembering something, mm. um, or when I'm like a particular uh, movie or video or something will like bring sm certain like smells back to my mind or tastes, right? And I can see that because the smells or tastes obviously aren't there. They're just in my head, associated with that memory, or um, yeah. To, to that mild degree, yeah, I, I can kind of see where you're going with that. I do very often get um, uh, when I'm, and it goes both ways depending on which I'm looking at. But for example, there's a very particular Jack Johnson song, mm -hmm. which reminds me of a very, very particular place in Oblivion. That is to say, the game Oblivion from the Elder Scrolls. And if I'm playing the game, I get to that place, I think of the song. And if I hear the song, I think of that place. Um, so the... Oh, you know, I, I mean, I, I've, I've had very similar experiences with games. Like, there's certain, yeah. there's certain music where I'm like, oh, I really want to play this game again. Mm. Or when I'm playing that game, I'm like, Oh, yeah, I haven't heard that song in forever. Yeah, and some of it's like 
<laughs> these are not just like things that happened last year. I can remember. I I, I can't remember much about my childhood. Hmm. But every time a particular song comes on, I can remember sitting down and playing Quidditch on the Game Boy Color. I think it was Game Boy Advance. Um, totally out of the blue. I like I said, I don't really have many memories of the first house that I lived in, but that is something that does it. And they seem complete. They're not like particularly emotional moments. They're not particularly joyous or anything. They just stick in my brain and I don't understand why but they yeah. do that's how do we always get onto nostalgia somehow in this first segment I wouldn't really say it's nostalgia I mean it's but, nostalgia was just there was some good thing happening at the time but it was just a regular fucking moment in my life that's I mean kind of along these same lines and to be fair I do have that exact same experience speaking about it's also oblivion because when I was playing through Oblivion, that was that was I played that on the Xbox 360, mm. and they had that was, when the 360 came out. One of the the cool new features that you could do was you could pull up the overlay and play music that was installed on your Xbox while you were oh, playing. Right. And uh, there was one particular album that I I always whenever I was just exploring the game and going down into the you know the dungeons and go looking for loot and stuff there was one particular album that i always listened to and that album actually came on on my ipod in the car uh, when i was driving somewhere the other day and mm. I, I it's just all of a sudden i was like man i really want to play oblivion <laughs> <laughs> but it was, yeah. when you when you said oblivion in one particular song i was like oh my god i have a i have a very similar experience was what i was yeah. thinking and it's not just games either. Like, uh, there's a book that I get. I, I always think of when I hear a particular sound. It tends to be music that triggers these things in me. Mm. Um, with food I, and smells, I guess. I mean, obviously, everyone recognizes certain foods from their smells. So I guess there's that very loose, easy connection. Well, most of your taste is actually done by your nose. So, um, <clears throat> if you, that's why like food doesn't taste nearly as good when you have like a cold because your nose is all stuffed up. Mm. So when you when you eat food, like the actual fumes from it in your mouth actually go up back through the you know the back of your nose. And yeah. I um, mean, the smell of something is just tiny particles of it anyway. Exactly. So I suppose they're still eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So a good a good chunk of tasting is actually done through smell. Yeah, I like Strangely. to just, you know, line up my mashed potato with it, and I get a straw and just... <laughs> <laughs> snorting your mashed potato. Yeah, that's how I like to enjoy a good roast. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, oh wow, I actually popped one away is doing that. <laughs> oh my god. I can't hear it out of one ear now. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> you only need one of them. This is true. Do so I can hear your lustrous voice. <laughs> you're you're now listening to me in mono. Yeah, oh. uh, I could also. I also maxed out the microphone when I did that. Yeah, I did. well, you didn't on my end, which is uh, where we're recording right now. That's true. Mine's not actually recording, so that's fine. <laughs> um, God, it feels really weird. It feels like I'm underwater now. I hate it when I put my ear. Yeah, it's always. Uh... Sorry. All right. Um... <laughs> well, now that we've talked, we're we're moving into like weird body horror 
think that's probably <laughs> where we can end segment one. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's horror, but sure. Maybe that's a dysphoric I, thing for you. It's, it's it's horrifying not being able to hear out of your, your I don't know, left side, right side? Which side are you, which, which side are you deaf on now? Left. Yeah, look at that. Got it right. Um, okay. Uh, any any final thoughts before we uh, wrap up segment one? Um, well, okay, so I was going to ask you about Cyberpunk, but... That's segment two. I Believe me, I plan to talk about it in segment two. Oh, really? Because I, I wasn't sure if we were talking about... Wait, no, we didn't do a movie night this... Oh my god, we forgot again. We did forget <laughs> again. Well, I mean, I wouldn't have had time ah! anyway. I was working like 12-hour days all week. This is true. It's been a busy week. Okay, cool. Well, look forward to Cyberpunk in section two then. Yeah, there we go. All right, this has been segment one of the TMCJ podcast, and you will hear us again, as Blue said, to talk about cyberpunk in uh, segment two. And welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. And again, he's fucked it again. (laughs) Sorry. How dare you interrupt my introduction? We are on segment two, despite this jackass, which is our media segment, and as we have done many times in the past, we forgot to do a movie night. Well, didn't so much forget to do a movie night this week. Um, Instead, I was just uh, working a lot and long hours, and so... It was a lot longer than nine to five. Fuck that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, was. It was a very heavy work week. It always is at the end of the year, so we didn't do movie night. But there was a major media release this week: uh, the long anticipated video game Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, mm, which a lot of people have been very excited about, and I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been looking forward to it because it's made by the same people that made the Witcher games, and the yeah. Witcher three was. Probably one of my favorite games in recent memory. Like, all right. Before we dive into it, is it even like a tenth as detailed, lore-wise, as The Witcher? Yes. Oh, really? That's something that shocked me because I was. But the thing is, so Cyberpunk. A little bit of background. Uh, Cyberpunk is a role-playing game uh, in the vein of D and D that was released back in the '80s, and when it was released, it was. It went through several versions, but the most popular one was called Cyberpunk 2020. Uh, And it was about, like, kind of a dystopian future where corporations ruled everything and cyber body modification was perfectly normal and natural. Like, people could plug their brains into the internet. You could have, like, you know, uh, replacement arms that were, like, exactly like normal arms and legs and whatnot. Mostly I mean, it's side. not too far ahead of where we are in real life. <laughs> it's it is actually kind of interesting how much they got right, like like how close we actually are to that that future prediction because they're developing technology right now that'll let you plug into computers and stuff like that yeah, I mean, directly into your brain. All the people right now who are sitting listening to us kind of plugged into the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not directly into the brain yet, but it's it's getting there. It's close. Yeah. It's, um, it's a few centimeters away. I mean, you carry it around in your pocket everywhere. Every, pretty much everyone has a smartphone now. Um, yeah. Anyway, so 
it was a role-playing game, like a tabletop role-playing game, just like D&D. And they actually, when they were making this game, worked with the guy who made that tabletop game, and he helped them with all the lore and stuff like that. Similar to what they did with The Witcher, where they worked with the novelist who wrote all the Witcher stories. Uh, there's There's a surprising chunk of lore to it. Like, there's major characters that showed up in the role-playing game that's referenced. There's a long history of, like, major world events and big player, uh, you know, government bodies, corporations, and rebels and things. And hmm. I, I'm not going to get into too much details because I do not want to spoil it because I know, <laughs> just in case uh, people listening to this do play it, um, I, it's just, I would highly, highly, highly recommend it. People are getting a little uh, uppity about it because it it's a bit glitchy when it first came out. But I think it's glitchy in the same vein as like Oblivion or Skyrim was glitchy. Like those games. Is it broken? No, no, not even remotely. I, I haven't okay. played the console version on the PC at least. And to be fair, I don't have like I don't have a a top of the line cutting edge PC like I. The it's last, better than most people's. It so. is better than most people's. So I did a rebuild where I replaced the CPU to something very good in 2018. I have... No, sorry, 2019. Uh, I Where I did like a new motherboard, new CPU. Um, I've got a, a, quite a lot of RAM in it. The video card is the oldest part in it. And it was top of the line like five years ago. Now it's starting to show its age. But it... The game still runs pretty well. Like, I can't get, you know, high F, uh, FPS in the game, uh, frames per second, for those not versed in the video game world. Uh, but it, it can run it on high settings, and it can it does it fairly well. The, the bugs are more endearing than they are game-breaking. So, like, for instance, I'll be driving along on a motorcycle, and if I stop next to a truck then my character model will flash up standing perfectly stock upright like a mannequin naked. Like Jesus. It's just, it's the weirdest thing. It looks like my game's possessed. And it, it only happens when, I, when I'm hitting the brakes next to a certain kind of car. Uh, it's such a weird glitch. That does um, sound pretty odd. There was, there was one... I just want to know where you got all the sheep. What? You said you got a lot of RAM in your computer. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, that, that, that hurt me. That hurt me in the soul. I feel like I'm less of a person having heard that. Oh dear. But uh, yeah, it's it's overall apart from like I know you showed me a glitch with some trees clipping through textures. <laughs> that actually, I, I was able to fix that by. Uh, just doing a driver update on my video card mm. so that i think that one was that one was my, my fault um but even that wasn't too bad like yeah so essentially i my character was in a flying car and the trees that were miles off were clipping through the side of the car yeah. and so i could Wouldn't s- a flying car just be a helicopter no no it's it doesn't have a rotor so it's just like it's like a hover car, like so anti. Plane. No, because those don't hover. Well, some of them do. Okay, some military ones do. 
Are are you really nitpicking me about what I call this car? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Why am I even indulging in this? Wait, wait, wait. okay. <laughs> okay. That's a joke that needs some explaining. Also, I just had my face in my hands, so that that is going to come through. Uh, I can hear it. Yeah. Um, I feel very proud of myself now. <laughs> Okay, so that that's an old joke dating back to a game, uh, pub pubga, um, P U G B B G. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. How do you, pubga guys? It's not pugba. I'm sorry. It's it's that listexia kicking in. Um, no, so it that that was a it was a battle royale game, and there's a rifle in that game uh, called the car, spelled K A R. But you can also get vehicles spelled C A R. <laughs> and so, so clarify how you spell car. Yeah. Every single time somebody would go like, "Oh, I found a car," they'd be like, "K A R C A R," and eventually, even when you knew what somebody was talking about, it just became like a running joke in the game. Like, yeah. like you could see them climbing into the passenger seat of a sedan and like, "Oh, I found a car." And they're like, "K A R C A R." Uh, I hope Scott appreciates that one if he listens to this. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, we actually no. made that joke not too long ago on Apex Legends. <laughs> did, did you guys? Oh yeah, because yeah, now they added B, vehicles Scott and Yi were in the call, and I made the joke. Yi was like, I found a car, because they got like yeah, they have actual vehicles cars now. in the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hover cars, which brings us back to where we were. <laughs> it all comes full circle. Amazing. Um, But no, in terms of... In, in games like this, it is... Uh, open, somewhat open world. So, it's in, in the same vein as The Witcher Three. The Witcher Three was open world, but it had structure to the open world. You could just ride off and do whatever the fuck you wanted, but the game kind of had a firm hand that that guided you in the direction you really should be doing. So, if you wanted yeah. to play The Witcher Three as like. Uh, kind of a, a, a more linear game, you could. Or you could decide to say, you know, fuck the main story, I'm riding off into the wilderness to hunt wolves. Um, yeah. Cyberpunk... Problem. Cyberpunk... J- just to finish the thought, Cyberpunk f- feels very similar. There's very there's a very strong guided story element in, like, the first chapter. But then as the game starts to open up, it, it gives you more of a free hand to go around and explore and do things, but there's still a firm guidance on what you should be doing. Hmm. Whenever someone says, you know, it's, it's a game where you can follow the story plot, or you can go off and do whatever you want, yeah. I am always... What that means to me is you can do the story and enjoy yourself and have fun with the story we've give, given you, or... You can walk around a bunch of PNG trees for an hour and get nothing done. Because that's all it is. Like, Oblivion, I think, was one of the first um, big open world games that I played. And it was like, oh my god, it's just a massive freaking continent. I could do anything. But the truth is, if you're in a forest and... You're in a game which has limited amounts of features that you, you can't just, like, start setting up a little wood shop in the middle of Oblivion's forests. Mm. There's very little you can do. There's not even any animals, right? 
Uh, aside from, like, bears and shit that attack you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's a few, but they all try to kill you. When someone says, oh, it's open world, you can do anything you want. Nah. Nah, you can't do anything you want. You can walk if you don't want to do the story. And that's about as exciting <laughs> as it gets. <laughs> so... Yeah. I, I'm kind of along the same... I'm kind of in the, in the same... Um, the same categories that, or same uh, mindset, I should say. Yeah, I, I think I think Scott might disagree because I think he he did enjoy that kind of just wander off and do your own mm. thing for a while. And I, Scott... I have I have other friends who do that like similarly, but I, I'm very much like you know I I bought this game so that I could actually have this structured experience. Can you please just yeah. Give I mean, you said it yourself, you bought a game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I was going to say, Scott, bless his soul, he finds enjoyment in the most, some of the stranger things. Uh, like, I remember back when we were playing Elder Scrolls Online, and Scott was more, <laughs> more thrilled by the prospect of climbing a tree than fighting his way through a dungeon. <laughs> And this is not a tree that you could just climb. No, no. If you could just climb the tree, Scott wouldn't have been interested. Are you it's only because you have to, like, jump on a rock and then parkour onto a branch and then onto another branch, which you probably couldn't even reach, but Scott was so fucking determined to reach it. I... Because he... <laughs> okay. I was with him when this happened. There's a video on my you YouTube were. channel. That's why I'm saying this I got a horse on that branch. You did. <laughs> And that was more thrilling to him than the game. And so if you're of that mindset, brilliant. I think any open world game could be brilliant because if you get outside, everyone loves getting outside the map. If you can outfox the game, it's, it's it exciting, do feel yeah. good. And to be fair, back in the Halo 2 days, I used to spend hours with friends trying, whenever they'd release a new map, we'd try to get outside of it. Yeah, what? try and break it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or Scott, Scott always says, oh, maybe there's an Easter egg up there. I'm sure, or at least I really hope, he knows that there is no fucking easter egg up there. It's a random tree in the billions of other trees that are on this fucking game. It sounds like you're telling a kid that Santa doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott. There's no easter egg up there. <laughs> they don't exist. Stop asking me for them. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, but yes, the fact that he can get enjoyment out of that is brilliant, and I think but we kind of need him in this argument to be on the other side of the of, of the line of what we're arguing. But, <laughs> we, um, we should get Scott... We, we kind of dropped the idea of bringing people on for a segment, because we, we record these... True. We record these so early in the morning US time that no one is awake. Yeah, I, I mean, it used to be that it was like around lunchtime. No, just before lunchtime. That's true, yeah. We used to start them at 9. Yeah. And now now we're starting them just whenever I wake up. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of easier, I guess. Yeah. That makes with my sense. sleep schedule, we never know when it's going to be, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, well... I think, um... I mean, I don't want to go too, too much further, or too much deeper into cyberpunk um but mm -hmm. they they managed to do the vehicle stuff pretty well 
Uh, there's yeah. a there's a few glitches with the driving AI. Yeah. Um, one thing that annoys me in particular is that every time I park my car, people will just spawn in it. So, oh, yeah. like, not not sitting in it. I I walked out of a club that I had to go into to get a quest at one point, and I get over to the car, and there's like eight people standing in my engine in it they're, they're clipped through the car and so the moment i got in the car suddenly the car became solid and it killed all of them and i got like Jesus. and I, I got like uh there was a negative effect from that i was like what the fuck is this wow it was like they spawned in the car and they couldn't get out has a it's more of a topic than a media thing but games that do driving really well and mm-hmm. games that drew driving really badly. Okay. Do you have an initial one? or Because I've got a few. <laughs> Alright, well, I'm going to start off with two of them, uh, just right off the bat. Games that do driving okay. really well, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Games that do driving really poorly, Grand Theft Auto Four. Okay, I never played Grand Theft Auto Four. I will agree to an extent with Grand Theft Auto Five. I think Grand Theft Auto Five. I remember it being... Good on the PS3, but when I was using mouse and keyboard on PC, I think I had a lot tougher a time with it. Oh yeah, yeah, I played it with a controller every time I played it. Um, yeah. I would not recommend playing Grand Theft Auto with a mouse and keyboard. I found it to be a miserable experience when I tried. That being said, with Grand Theft Auto Combat, you had to pretty much do with the mouse and keyboard, otherwise it was horrible. Um, <laughs> The yes, that was actually one of my one of my better driving things. Um, probably the best driving experience I've had in the game, and I can't even remember the game itself very much. I just remember the driving was Batman. Um, was it Arkham City? It would have. I think yeah. it was the one after Arkham City. It would have been Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, you get to use the Batmobile. That was a really freaking cool and like it even. The car chases in that were pretty damn awesome. Um, yeah, just a really solid driving mechanics in that game, which is surprising because I don't know they haven't really made a good Batman since Arkham Asylum. I I mean, I can't talk about um, good driving games uh, without mentioning uh, the one that I think started vehicle combat and like gaming. Like first-person shooters in particular, or at least made it popular, and that's Halo One. Right. Okay. Yeah, with the Warthog. Yeah, they, like there was some there was some quirks with it, and they did in subsequent Halo games they refined the driving a bit, um, to the point where now it's in current gen Halo games it's kind of boring because it's too easy. But in Halo One, yeah, it's 1, very smooth in these. In like I've played Halo Reach, and I remember it just being really weird. That, I don't know. It was too bouncy. It was too, like, zero gravity. That is how the Halo uh, Warthog is meant to, to handle. Oh, but, okay. Like, in Halo 1, the uh, the Warthog was... It, it was very, very floaty. And it there was it felt like there was actual skill to, you know, being able to drive it well. <laughs> then there was things like the Scorpion Tank, where you, like... You could, like... Scorpion Tank hovers, right? No, no. The Scorpion Tank is... It, it basically just looks like a tank. It's okay. got four treads. Uh, it, that thing was that thing took some um, 
mental gymnastics to actually turn and move and fight properly in. Yeah. The hovering one was the Wraith, that's the tank, uh, the Ghost, which was the little one-man car, and uh, the Banshee, which was the flying one. Yeah. Yeah, the Ghosts on Halo I do really enjoy. That's just... They're, they're... It feels satisfying driving the Ghosts. Their hover mechanics was actually how you used to get outside the map in Halo 1. Right. Um, for me, the uh, worst driving has been... There's a bit of two. So one of them I wouldn't even call... It's not really driving, because technically it's flying. Um, Battlefield Bad Company 2. Mm -hmm. I think every single person who ever first got in a helicopter crashed that motherfucker. Because... <laughs> <laughs> It was on PlayStation, so you'd think it'd be really fucking... Because there's not many buttons. <laughs> um, but just... I remember going forwards. There was some really weird thing to just go forwards. It was like... Maybe the control, the sticks were reversed or something. But you'd always end up just like... It, it would always slightly tip back if you weren't pushing forwards. And so you'd just slowly drift back into a mountain and explode. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's, that's my impression every single time I've picked up a Battlefield game. Period. Yeah. The, the vehicle the... combat has been shit. Yeah. I mean, once you got the hang of it, really cool and very enjoyable to fly those things. Mm -hmm. um, but what's almost worse is that these helicopters, they don't just sit one person. Oh no! <laughs> Up to like, I can't remember if it was three or five people. Uh, no, actually it would be four or six and yeah so at the beginning of the round everyone's like hell yeah jumps in the helicopter the person who's driving is not driven before but they're like fuck it time to learn oh my four god four dead people before you even see the enemy <laughs> <laughs> clearly um, and the other the other absolutely awful this is an actual driving and I hate to say it because I love this game so so dearly driving mechanics in Payday 2 are garbage. <laughs> it's like you're driving a, a like a fucking lawnmower on an ice rink. <laughs> uh, it's like you have to, when you're turning it, normally in a game you like hold down a button to turn, right? Yeah. If you hold down the button for more than, like, a second in Payday 2, the car spins out. Or the motorbike spins out. Um, you have to rapidly tap the button as fast as you can. Because then it never spins out. <laughs> but the faster you tap it, the faster you turn. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I mean, but that's, that's a bit of finesse. That's less so... I, I know what you mean. It's it can be kind of aggravating when you're in a like high intensity panic situation. Yeah, especially because one of the main they don't have them in many of the heists, but well, the, like the first heist and the main heist that you see them in is one called Car Shop, where you're basically stealing Ferraris. And so you get to the end of the heist, and this heist has to be done in stealth. You cannot do it loud. Mm. And it gets to the end, and it's like, all right, there's an explosion the alarms go off, you have a certain amount of time to escape with the cars. And if you have a four-man team, and one person doesn't make it, 
everyone fails. So, <laughs> the number of times you, like, your, your experience, because you've been playing it a long time, like I have, and so you, you're like, eventually you get to the end with your car, it took a while, maybe you scraped up the car a bit, maybe you made, like, one crash, and you get to the end, like, thank fuck, I have, like, 30 seconds to spare, I did it. And you look back, and you can see through the map, on the other side of the fucking universe is a guy trying to reverse, because he hit a traffic cone, <laughs> and he can't work out how to turn without, like, going into an old lady, or a pet shop, or... I don't know why I went with such morally dubious things, but... <laughs> God, <laughs> it's it's very very frustrating. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's less about the driving and more just like it's very aggravating when you you're playing a team game and you're trying to do something and there's just one dumbass screwing everything up. I wouldn't even say it's a dumbass thing though because it's just so unintuitive. Yeah. Um. Like, I can understand having complex controls for a racing game or something, where the whole point of the game is to be racing and driving. Yeah. I can understand that being super fucking complex. But for a game where it's, like, in about four of the 70-odd heists, mm. just turn down the horrible skid-out mechanic a little bit, please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah, I can see that. You just you've got like one very very aggravating thing, and so it just it makes people not want to play those levels. Yeah, I I don't I, I, that car shop level I just described. I never play it. It does not give me enough XP to pay for the amount of times I've screamed at the screen. <laughs> There's not compensation for that. Oh my god. I mean, there, there's thinking you were talking about how you have to kind of tap the stick to turn in that that game i, I just yeah. keep thinking back to the halo one warthog because there there was there was a like an art to driving that thing um yeah like if you if you kept the throttle on going over hills like you could flip the thing end over end if you took a turn too sharply and like a slightly not level area you could flip the thing and set it spinning and what would sometimes happen is your characters, when it spins over, it, it automatically gets you out of the car. So yeah, your characters would pop true. out of the car right in front of it as it rolled over you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's one of the interesting things about the high halo driving mechanics, if I remember this correctly. Mm -hmm. um, there's no accelerate button, is there? It is literally all done with one analog stick. Yes. Yeah, so that's quite... Quite an odd thing, and the same with the reversing. You just hold back on the analog stick as opposed to yeah. just using the analog stick to turn. It's it it it's a bit of an art form, especially mm. in in Halo One. But I I loved it for that reason. Yeah, and it stuck around, so it must have been like people must have liked it. Oh yeah, like it, once you learned how to drive the Warthog, like it was it was like a, just a badge of honor being able to like get. They're called like splatter kills when you run somebody over with a. <laughs> with a vehicle in the game and just yeah. i remember in halo 2 um there were games where i'd just i'd be playing and i you know like I'd, i don't feel like shooting this game so i just drive the warthog which has no gun that you can fire as the driver and just like drive around the map doing my best to like tail swipe people and kill them that way like yeah it, it's it is very satisfying and a lot of fun 
I, oh, I'm sure. I must have spent like hundreds of hours just driving the Warthog back in high school playing Halo 2. I remember on Player Unknown Battlegrounds how much fun we had when we were like, right, don't bother picking up any guns. We're all just going to get cars. Yes. C-A-R, not K-A-R. <laughs> and just ride over people. <laughs> we would do that. I, I Actually, one of my first uh, videos on, on YouTube from uh, PUBG was... It was a game where I won the match driving around in this shitty yellow Dacia sedan. Uh, oh yeah, I remember that. I thought I thought you were about to mention the one where I was like swerving around behind you because I was drunk as heck on a motorbike. And then you flipped end over end. Okay, woo, 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 and I just like fly cartwheel through the air and land it. Yeah, well, I mean, there was a whole series of videos I did about um, they were just about driving essentially. Yeah, and I remember. Like I, I had this whole this little intro, this really, this this really shitty intro jingle that I made, um, by like splicing together two bits of music and a car crash, and it, I, it, we, I, I think I made three or four videos like about that, and it was, it was literally just us doing shenanigans like that, mm. and I remember you're, you're right, there, there were games where we would just get a convoy of cars, it'd be four players, and we're all driving in formation in whatever. Yeah cars we found yeah uh, and then there were the oh, the days oh, i'm getting pub flashbacks now <laughs> that when we were on the boat and we're just the moment we got on a boat it would just be the titanic song yeah, we'd blast <laughs> celine dion night in my dreams we'd just blast out of the stereo i see you i hear you oh, they were some good fucking games <laughs> yeah and we that became a thing too oh my god we put in like quite a few hours on that game and oh, yeah. in a fairly short amount of time yeah and um, sadly adam got super into it after we all kind of left it i know that was tragic but yeah we i still go back i've played it a few times in recent memory and it's it's more refined now um but going back I mean, to what bots now isn't there like all over the place there are just to to maintain like enough players in game uh and it's just I don't know. It, it it almost is less endearing now that it's more refined. Like some of the like the the sh like the clunkiness of it almost made it better. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like like when uh, CS:GO updates one of their maps texture packs, mm. and everything's just slightly different, and you're like, it's not how it used to be, though. Yeah, like yeah. It, it still works and functions great, and it's better technically, more detailed, but it's not the one that I know. Maybe it's you know nostal no like nostalgia glasses or something like that. But um, I do I do think that it, it it lost some of the the magic by being more refined. Mm. Like there, there's two ways a game can be shitty. It's either like it's it's either bad and it it's like oh, I can't play this or it's just a miserable experience. Or it's bad, but just bad enough to make it charming. The rest of Good, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of games actually base that concept as how they pitch it. Kind of, um, there's a lot of these really just terrible games, like Bennett Folly, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I don't know that. Like, the, the, I say this every week, and you always forget it. It's the getting over it game. Oh, that game. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I know yeah. it is getting over it. Who the fuck is Bennett Folly? Foddy. 
It's like Sid Meier's Civilization. If you say Sid Meier's, everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah, but I'd never call it that. I'd call it Civilization. Yeah. But do you say Sid Meier's or Sid... Anyway, it doesn't Sid matter. Meier's um, is how I'd pronounce it. Okay. But yes, like, Bennett Foddy's getting over it. Shitty game. But that's kind of why a lot of people like it. <laughs> yeah, or like that old game, uh, Happy Wheels. But that, oh, God. that's, that's different. That like... piece of shit. <laughs> But a lot of people played those games and found them entertaining to watch. Yeah, you're right, because they were so aggravating. The the getting over it, though, I I class that less as... Like, also, that's a personal challenge, so I guess yeah, that's more I think th That game wasn't trying to be shitty. It was trying to be, like, ball-breakingly difficult. And I think that's more of the... I don't know. It's just... Bring to tie it full circle back to Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk definitely falls into the um, like it's it has so far very good story. Graphics are are really nice. The characters are interesting. The gameplay is fun, and mm -hmm. it's just buggy enough to make it charming. Ah, huh, that's good. Is it challenging you? Uh, well, I'm playing it on normal, so not really. No, I mean, there's been a long, long, long time since a AAA gay game. I just said gay. You did. A triple A game actually challenged me because they're just pandering to the... Yeah. Know, people want to instantly have that fix of, I did it. And I think it it kind of gives me less of an enjoyment if I don't work towards earning yeah. something. <laughs> so, let me, yeah, I'll, I'll address that real quick, uh, kind of as a last point of this, this segment. Um, it is, it's not easy. Uh, I'm playing it on, there are four difficulties, you know, easy, normal, hard, and something above hard. I'm playing it on normal just because I'm, I just want to enjoy the game and have fun with it. Yeah. If I, I may, if I do a second playthrough, I'll probably play it on hard. Or maybe even the difficulty above that. But, mm -hmm. the even on normal, like, the combat, you, you can't just, you know, rush in and, you know, just <laughs> guns blazing and do whatever. Uh, you actually do have to think tactically depending on how you've made your character um if you put everything into strength you can go in like just balls to the wall with a katana and slice people up but you're not going to be able like there are, i've done there's been one boss battle so far that i had to get into yeah and they do put an effort into giving you a bunch of options how to do it so if you're specking into like stealth or combat or whatever mm. There's a way for you, can you to charm his pants off instead. <laughs> I don't think there's. I couldn't do that with this guy. I don't think. Um, I did fuck up a dialogue option talking to him early on, though. Uh, he, but he. Um, sorry, the the actual combat is challenging, no matter what way you play it. I'm playing a more like gun focused stealth kind of character. Okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm focused. You went stealth. I, I I typically do in like the. Oblivion Skyrim kind of games. I, I tend to go range stealth characters in those games. Right, okay. Usually... Like an Assassin's Creed where everyone wants to be stealthy, but it doesn't often end up that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think... I, I do feel that it is actually a challenge. They're not They're not pandering. They didn't make the game easy, so it's accessible to everyone. They, they made the game challenging and engaging. Like, you actually have to put work into developing your character, thinking... What um, you know, things you're gonna spec your points into to make your character like good at the the particular thing you want them to be good at, and you have to make hard choices because they don't just like 
at least where I am in the game, they don't just throw experience in your face and go like, hey, level up, hey, level up. <laughs> they, um, they, they did make the game, at least, again, from my, my early impressions, they did make it fairly challenging and right. um, engaging in that regard. One of the... Um, one of the a, a game that this is making me think of, and it's quite an old game, which is surprising because older games tend to be a lot harder. Uh, I believe it was Prince of Persia: Sands of Time. Yeah, is that the um, one where you can you can rewind? Yeah, so if you fall off a cliff or something, you just get rewound by the fairy, and then you didn't fall off the cliff, which does not count as dying. So I played this game many years ago, mm -hmm. and. I just kept playing it and kept playing it and kept playing it, and I got to like the second of four like main bosses. So I was literally halfway through the game, hmm. and I beat that second boss, and then I stepped in some black sludge, uh, and I basically couldn't get out of it, and I died. And I hadn't realized. That was actually the first time I had died in the whole game. <laughs> and this game was just about old enough that it does not autosave. Oh, fuck. So it reset the whole game because I died there, because I stepped in some black sludge, and I was livid. <laughs> but, to its credit, I did then play the game to completion, making sure to manually save, <laughs> so it was a good game, but when a game doesn't challenge me, I was this close to just giving up on the whole thing because it felt like a massive waste of life. Yeah, so yes. I, I, oh, that's a bit, anyone who's played video games, I guarantee you, has had that experience at one point yes. where you're playing through, you're playing through, and you're you realize you're gonna die or you do die, and it it dawns on you is like, fuck, when did I save? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's let, let's. Yeah, sorry, that, that's, we're going uh, for a bit. We'll call that uh, the the final final topic for this. We didn't talk about movies or TV shows at all. This was a very gaming uh, focused media segment this week. But that's true. I think that cyberpunk and that and the like are uh, are something worth talking about. Yeah, they, they did just come exposure. out. Yeah, exactly. Um. All right, well, that's going to be the end of segment two. Uh, we will be gone for... Wow, I just completely had a brain fart right there. I, I, I had something I wanted to say at the end of this. All right, fuck it. Something about the segment three? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you think segment three comes after segment two? I think that, uh, that that might be the order. All right, let's try that again. The real question is, and listen for everyone... Will he start segment three with the word and? <laughs> See, now I'm going to be thinking about it. <laughs> um, anyway, this has been segment two, our media segment of the TMCJ podcast. You'll hear us again after a brief intermission for segment three. And fuck! <laughs> God. Yes! Anyone that said and at the end of the last uh, Oh my god <laughs> You have just won a million imaginary bucks Congratulations I actually intended to open this segment up by going Or welcome back to the TMCG podcast <laughs> 
So every, anyone who is expecting a gentle transition into this segment three just got me shouting a swear in their ears. Um, <laughs> like, potentially welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Great it, I I literally got the word "and" out of my mouth. And. All three of this week's intros have been total trash, and I love it. <laughs> oh my god! Well, that's a perfect transition to what we intended to do. So we're at segment three. It's our wild card segment, and we decided to, as a, it's our twentieth episode, to try and think of twenty things that were positive that happened in twenty twenty. Yep, this was uh, discussed at the end of last week's, and. We think everyone just needs a slight... It needs. We need a positive end to the year. Um, because everyone already knows all the things that have happened so far this year. And it would just be nice to remember to look back and think about some of the good things that came from all of this chaos. It would be nice, but that still might not be possible. <laughs> well, they... <laughs> but we'll do what we can. Um, uh... <laughs> I'm going to open up because the, the first thing at work being so heavily on my mind this week uh, that mm-hmm. I thought of was, I, I don't have a commute anymore. That was three hours of my day every work day. And yeah. it's That's so- true, working from home. Yeah. I, I think that's something that's going to continue being a positive. Like, a lot of companies are going to realize, oh, our, work, our people can actually be productive when they're not here. Yeah, working from home. It's, um, it's kind of... <laughs> It's a double-edged sword. Um, on the one hand, yes, you're a lot more comfortable. You don't have to put yourself in situations that you might feel like you could not perform as well. Mm. But on the other hand, I do get distracted. <laughs> that is the thing. Yeah, you're right, calling it a double-edged sword. Because at the same time, yes, I can work from home. But now home is associated with work. Yeah, you are very good at staying focused, especially with me um, booping in your ear every <laughs> ten minutes saying, oh, there's this really cool thing you have to look at. <laughs> and you'll be like, I'm working. <laughs> working on... I'm looking at it on my break. Yeah, exactly. Give uh, me a second. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm writing so a report. Or, yeah. You're a lot more control of it than I am. Um, but yeah, it, it also has meant that I've kind of, without the commute, I have spent... It's going to sound like I'm fucking shagging you uh i've spent more time with you <laughs> well, um because yeah it's just less things in your day and we can spend more time yeah playing games i mean that's that's another positive right there is that you know even though you're not seeing people in person um i mean i know juan raymond and i have spent a lot more time talking and playing games together for that reason mm. um you know we, we live fairly far apart. We all commuted for work. And, you know, Juan is a kid. So with that in mind, like, in the old environment, it was very difficult for us to, like, get together and play. But now, like, on a fairly regular basis, we get together, we play a few rounds of Apex Legends and chat, reconnecting with people. There, There's, there's a positive. Yeah. Everyone always, since the lockdown, have been like, oh, we've not been able to socialize, not being able to see our friends. If you really try hard enough, it shouldn't affect it at all. And even as Kaiser says, it should actually increase the amount of time you can actually spend yeah. with people. Not around people, but with people. Yeah, if you're, um... I think there's there's a letter, or, or sorry, a level of um, internet 
what's the word I'm looking literacy that I think lends itself to this kind of thing like I, I've been spending a good chunk of my life playing video games and particularly playing video games online mm. um, and socializing with people in that way so this hasn't hit me I think at maybe as hard as it has some other people for that reason and I, I feel like you're probably in the same camp with that regard yeah especially because um, obviously I don't live in the same house as uh, E mm. but I think the chance for a start the chances I have had briefly to go and see her mm. in person uh, it has made those moments more special Um because, that, you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder, as they say. Yeah. Um, and it has been tough, and it has been emotional. But I think we have actually been talking to each other a lot more because of, you know, we can just be on chilling on Discord for longer. Mm. Um yeah, you know, I've I've found that too. With you're talking about, like, yeah, the the actual moments that you interact with people when you finally do see someone in real life. Uh, now it, it is it, it's a bit more special. Yeah. Uh, so, do you want to bring us into the the next the next one? Okay, yeah. right. Next one. I should we, should we, should we do the one that I found. Uh, yes, actually, do <laughs> definitely. Okay, so shortly before we started this, we were actually like just looking for some inspiration online, seeing some things that other people thought were positive or inspirational moments that have happened in 2020, and I stumbled across a right corker, as they say in England, <laughs> um, which is that uh, a 103-year-old grandmother beat COVID-19, and celebrated with a Bud Light. <laughs> now, I don't think there are many things more gangster than that. <laughs> I just... It's it's such a, like... I, it's such a middle finger to the disease kind of thing. Just, yeah, like, well, she's... she's Not only is she... She's 103 years old, she's got grandkids, she beat this disease that's got half the world waking in their boots and yeah. she just like all right cool i'm getting a beer crack open a cold one <laughs> like that's that's a grandmother that like doesn't look at explosions as she walks away <laughs> yeah throws a grenade puts some sunglasses on and walks calmly away yeah and just say wow down <laughs> down down <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I thought that was a really cool story. I, I want to kind of read up on that story. A yeah, bit I know. More. I I'm, I think after this podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google that and look look up the um, actual story behind it. Because yeah, so good for her, and um, I hope if anyone else has um, maybe relatives that are currently suffering, maybe that will inspire you or them to you know keep fighting. Yeah, good fight. Uh, uh, throwing it back to you. So uh, another another thing, um, twenty twenty. This podcast, I consider mm. it a positive. I was going to save that till the end. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that started what? In, it was pretty early, January, February. Well, if we're on we're on episode twenty, that's twenty weeks, which means that um, it was late than that then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was in uh, midsummer, I think, uh, July or August, that we started it. Right. 
Yeah, it feels like it's been going on forever now. <laughs> it does. It feels a lot longer, but yeah, we've, yeah. we've been going for about a third of a year, or, or two-fifths. Holy moly. Yeah. yeah, no, um, that's, I mean, it's one of the absolute highlights of my week, and it has been since we started. Um, I'd been thinking for ages about doing some kind of a podcast, and I'd broached the idea before and discussed it with people, um, yeah. and it was only this year when I finally had the time and to really think it out and kind of sketch it out in my head what I wanted it to look like, how I wanted it to be structured, mm. and... Um, yeah, it, going back to what you said, yeah, we've, we've been spending a lot more time together and talking. I was like, oh, that you would be the perfect co-host for this. Yeah, and also, I've... It's kind of always been a... A childhood dream, as it were. Not, not to be big and popular or anything, but... When... I remember particularly in college, um, I was very close to starting a YouTube channel with three of my buddies there. Mm. And I was super hyped about it. And about a week in, I'd made like assets for it and plans, and we'd set up the kind of content that we were going to do. And everyone else was. I just. It was like they weren't as invested in it. And yeah. if you're going into a joint, like thing like this where you're really going to put your all into it and try and make something out of it mm. then you need to be invested and not getting the investment from other people kind of kills yeah the uh, the drive so i was super glad of um this because like i said i've, I've been thinking about this kind of thing for years mm. um and yeah, I, we, I think one of the driving things behind why we actually started doing a podcast is because we always have these kinds of conversations anyway, just not used to record them. <laughs> right, exactly. And there's, there's an element of... It, this was something that... It was... Um, oh God, what am I trying to say? I... <laughs> Through that story, there were a couple things that I thought of when you were talking about that that yeah. made me go like, oh, you know what? That First of all, the fact that you'd been thinking about this a long time, too, shows that I <laughs> it was it was a good call to actually um, ask you to, to co-host this with me because you'd also had a similar vision. Um, but yeah, the, the level of commitment. I mean, it, it, it works out to be a fairly good partnership in this because you do have the graphic design background you're able to do that that yeah, that part of assets. it all the assets for it um and <laughs> help me out with with ideas for the the segments and stuff like that and then mm. i you know the audio recording the editing um i've gotten a lot better at that during this quarantine too yeah. uh, just and because i've had I more time the most important thing is that whilst we Whilst we're very agreeable with each other, we don't actually agree on many topics, <laughs> which yeah, we have very different views of the world, and so I think that leads for a far more interesting conversation than just us just going, "Yep, you're absolutely right." Next, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm th I'm thinking about that. There's um a lot of my my closest my closest friends. I think um 
I don't really agree with them on a lot of <laughs> a lot of what what people like think are are like the uh, yeah yeah we 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 disagree and we have different worldviews but that isn't necessary for a friendship this is mm. sounding like very touchy feely and yeah it feels like a therapy session <laughs> yeah i know what the fuck is going on here all right let's move on to the next topic before i i i was about to say something extremely offensive <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was incredibly soppy, but no, offensive is more in line with you. Um, <laughs> but no, I just, I, I, I think that's on our twentieth episode. That's that's a good you know capstone for this as one of our one of our our things is this podcast has been a very positive thing, not only in both of our lives, but hopefully uh, our listeners think that it's a positive part of their day just listening to this. Yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, you soppy pile of crap. <laughs> <laughs> will you uh, will you give us the next one on the list before before I start uh, crying? <laughs> uh, okay, yes. The um, the next thing, which um, maybe it's more of a just a me personally thing. Mm -hmm. I'm a bit of a germaphobe. Not really. Not much. If there's if there's if you're out in the middle of the wilderness or something. And you have to do something, I understand that you have to do something. I won't... Survival is always the most important thing. But, in day-to-day -day life, I like things to be clean. Mm. And because of everything that's happened, and the new laws, and uh, all that kind of thing, every time that I've gone out for a meal, uh, and seen that people have obviously wiped down the tables, and like kept things clean and tidy... It has made me enjoy going out to eat uh, a lot more because it... I'm a lot more relaxed. Uh, everyone's wearing masks. There's no one's breathing over me. You don't get any bad smells generally. Um, and yeah, I, so the the times when I have gone out, it has been a real treat, and I've enjoyed it a lot more. Um, that's actually that's a good point. Yeah, this this whole thing has. Um... It's brought a higher degree of hygienic awareness to the general public. Yeah, I've been ill so few times this entire year. I can't even remember when I was last unwell. So I think uh, th this is something that um, th I, I I was thinking about this as you were just uh, talking about the the whole like the, the enhanced cleanliness and how you you were enjoying it. I I'm realizing that I think the whole world right now is going through something that. I went through when I first started working in the industry that I work in, where we have to work in clean rooms a lot of the time mm. on the manufacturing end, like really clean rooms to the point where aseptic clean rooms, which the highest form of contamination in those rooms is people. And when I when I realized that and had to do like airflow mapping and you know looking at like contaminant uh, mapping and environmental monitoring and how you like gather samples and you find like skin everywhere and germs and you see how much you know human beings can contaminate an environment it it i had the the reaction of almost becoming a semi hypochondriac just like oh god i have to you know just everything away. is filthy yeah exactly and but then I, I i then had to think about it for a while and i was like well but yes i've been but i've been exposed to all of this my entire life it, you take a breath in you're being exposed to thousands of viruses and and bacteria if not millions because they're just everywhere and your body just 
they has like a million different defenses against them. So once I realized that this was this is all a few years ago before this whole thing happened mm. that I went through this this thought process. Once I realized that I kind of I, I went back to my old mindset, but I had to think myself back to that old mindset. So I think the whole world is going through that right now, where they've suddenly realized, oh my god, there's germs everywhere. And then they're slowly going to have to think themselves back to, well, yes, but there always have been, and we've lived this long. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. This um, is not to there's... knock COVID in general. I, I do acknowledge that it's a very serious disease, but mm. I, I think that, I, I've said this before, I think that people are panicking a little a little bit too much, and I, I, I'm realizing now that maybe that's the, the process that's going on for the whole world. I, it's going to sound weird and, and wrong, but mm. uh, it's not the mess, it's not the, the, the stuff that I can't see that bothers me. Like, don't get me wrong, I know that the pavement has probably got like a million kinds of germs all over it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to start licking the pavement or anything stupid. <laughs> um, but I would still like there to be no like chewing gum for example on the pavement because i can see that <laughs> yeah it's that i i i'm the same way it's the the same way that like graffiti or like people sticking gum on the underside of a desk or something like that dis oh, God. disgusts the desk is just the worst um yes because like that's but you, you touch it by accident or something your hand brushes it and you're like oh that's been in someone's mouth and the mouth is like the most disgusting part of the human body like <laughs> <laughs> not even kidding that's like medically it's the place with the most bacteria um so yes I, I i am enjoying the fact that everyone's kind of no i'm not enjoying the fact i'm pleased that people are taking a lot more note of their actions and frankly even after all this blows over i would be more than happy to still keep going out with a mask on because I, I wear bandanas. Mm. Uh, they cover my face. They, yeah, it's it's a little bit hard to, to breathe. If I was going for a run, I wouldn't wear one. Yeah. Um, but it's fairly comfortable, and honestly, I, I, I I'm not I'm not too fussed about wearing them. And if it if it stops someone getting ill, then I absolutely will keep wearing one, even after all this has faded away. Because I think it's a good thing, really. Uh, which was definitely not my opinion before COVID. Um, but since, it's kind of won me around a bit to just being a little bit more thinking about where I'm breathing, basically. I still fucking hate them. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> I've hated them for a long time because, again, going back to the clean rooms... We have to wear them in there, and the gowning up, and putting the scrubs on, and putting the goggles on, and putting the mask on, and putting the gloves on, and it just, <laughs> it annoyed me to, like, if I realized, fuck, I left a wrench in the clean room, I've got to put the scrubs on, I've got to put the gown on, I've got to put the fucking mask on. <laughs> it annoyed me to, sorry, positive, positive things, positive <laughs> <laughs> but slap yourself away. I I have a I have a friend who thinks the exact same way. She was saying that you know she's it, she enjoys wearing the masks, likes them, and I, I wonder if her thinking is maybe the I same. I don't enjoy wearing the masks, well, but I think 
you know. But thinks it's a, a overall positive thing. To yeah. be fair, culturally, uh, Japan does has done this for years. It's why they had yeah, such low rates. Well. Um, mm, yes, yeah, the, well, like because, during flu season. The air in China basically kills you anyway, so they have to wear it. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It's for a different reason. In Japan, it's because of courtesy. In China, it's because you'll die. <laughs> like, mm. But no, um, yeah, Japan in like flu season, it's if you get sick, you're supposed to culturally wear a mask if you're going out, and it's it's just a it's a courtesy thing hmm. and I, that's which one it's why they had such low rates but they um i think that 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 could be a positive too i i definitely won't continue to wear one when this this ends um i no. even now when i'm walking around on the street i don't i don't wear one because i'm outside i i do this whole yeah, social distancing thing outside. yeah i, I do that's... the social distancing thing i stay away from people which is enough when you're outdoors, but... That being said, I did. I was going to the supermarket the other day, and I had my mask on. Yeah. Partially just because it's bloody cold where I am right now, <laughs> and so I, I kind of also like it just because it keeps my face warm. <laughs> In the my winter, yeah. It's a bandana. I mean, if you uh, think about it, like, there's plenty of, like, face coverings that are worn in the winter normally, like a balaclava or something like that. Some guy came up to me... And just all right. First of all, in England, you don't just start talking to people on the street. Yeah, something um, that was a, a culture shock when I went over there. And yeah, this guy just came up to me and he started going, "Oh yeah, you you shouldn't wear them outside of shops and things." And I'm like, "Okay, it's one thing to be like, I don't want to wear a mask outside. It's another thing to go up to people and tell them they shouldn't do something, which is, I don't know." I think the, the anyway. problem is, as we've said previously, that it's become a political issue rather than a health issue. Perhaps. And, that, I mean, that, that, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Positive. Move on to your next point. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, so the next thing I wrote on my list was how shit it was. And I know, I know why I wrote this, but it just, it made, it made me laugh when I looked back at it. Okay. Um, is this the donkey thing that you're talking about? Earlier? Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> it's like that. The next great thing about this year is how fucking piece of shit it was. No, um, but in in all seriousness, I I think, and this is this is a roundabout point, but I think it still holds merit. Is that I feel like adversity draws people together. We kind of covered it earlier, so I, I may I may be retreading previous no, no, ground. No, I get what you mean. Yeah, go but on. I, I feel like. You think of thing if, if point to you. Uh, think of like in Britain when the the Blitz was happening. It it like drew people together and yeah. you know you had stronger neighbors would help each other and exactly. Yeah. And I, I I I've seen a lot of that happen during this pandemic, and I think that that is that's a that's a net positive. Hmm. Reminds people what's uh, you know important and that they do have communities and not just that guy who lives in the apartment next to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, and they probably got to know each other better because they can't, you know, they can't talk, go out and talk to their normal friends. So, going and talking to the person next door, it might be a lonely old man who doesn't normally see people anyway, and that could brighten their day as well mm. as your own. So, um, go on. 
because we kind of retreaded the the spot a, so a bit swiftly. already. Yeah, yeah. So move swiftly on and talk about your next point and waffle a little bit because I need to stand up and uh, grab something. Okay, cool. Um, well, the next one was kind of a personal one for me more than uh, anything else. Although I suppose the reason behind it could also be for for more people. Uh, I am thankful, and uh, this kind of sounds like a Thanksgiving podcast again, but whatever. Um, for the my, <laughs> this will sound incredibly nerdy and sad, but my my um D and D group, who we started early in this year, and much like the podcast, I've every single week I've been really looking forward to the end of the week. Where I can sit down and basically tell stories, um, and with some really lovely people who I hadn't met before this year, um, and so yeah, yeah, I've I've got to I've come to meet some new friends. Um, this past couple of weeks, we've had another player joining, so even more people getting involved. Oh, are you I'm talking aware. about your D and D game? Yep, talking about the D and D game. I, I literally just sat back down, and I, I just from that one piece of context, it's like, oh, the D and D game. Hmm. Um, yeah, because that's that's had like, slight. It's been going slightly longer than this podcast now. Um, and yeah, it's it's just really brought me happiness this year, and um, hopefully other people to to make it more of a, a, a not just for me thing. Um, hopefully other people have been getting in touch with new people, meeting new people online, mm. uh, and trying different things as well to, to occupy your time and, you know, yeah, I mean, be sociable. It <laughs> goes back to some of the points we were making about the, the podcast itself. It's, that's, that's the way we did it. And mm. Speaking of D&D, I definitely had a lot more time to devote to, uh, the D and D game that I was running for, uh, you know, Kevin, Jake, Duncan, you and I. Yeah. Um, and I think that essentially, I like I had we were doing it on weekends in general anyway, but I was able to put more time into actually reading ahead and planning things and it just yeah, I don't know. It just yeah, similar thing, but that's that's a good one. Hmm. Um. So <laughs> the next, th this is this is the point in my list where I started to get sarcastic. Oh dear! The next thing I wrote down is it's almost over. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> as dumb as that is, you do have a good point. There's a fresh start coming up. Yeah. Whenever uh, the new year rolls around, it it feels like you know it's it's a chance for a new opportunity. Yeah, right? a blank sheet. Um, and also, yeah, there's a lot of things already planned to happen next year, uh, both for you, myself, and quite significantly someone else in the hive, uh, which is very exciting. Um, it's going to happen around, you know, February, March next year. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so I think there is, you're right, there is, there are things to look forward to in the not so distant future. That's, yeah, that's the, the thing. I, I find it very easy, especially when I'm, like, around this time of the year, the last three years, as long as I've, I've worked at the place that I'm, I'm working now, 
um, around this time of the year, the company basically shuts down. A lot of pharmaceutical companies do this. They, they shut down at the end of the year. And it's it's meant to give people a break. They call it like a you know a recharge week or something. They give yeah. you a couple extra days off around Christmas. So it's like you get to do the shopping and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So for instance, uh, what's well, it's more just a lot of people were using their vacation to take off the the space between Christmas and New Year's anyway. So they mm. just say, well, you can just have those days off anyway. Yeah, I know in one of my, in the last place I worked, they wouldn't let you take any days off in December. Instead, they kind of, like, they say you get certain amounts of days, they, like, assign days for you to be off. Mm-hmm. They give you um, just, yeah, little bonus vacation days. So, yeah, you couldn't have, like, you couldn't go anywhere in that time, but they do give you, they do make sure you do have a break during that, yeah. during the December period. I find myself... The reason I, I bring that up is there's there's a certain amount of work in in my job that has to be done every month. And shortening, the, like, November is already pretty short, so that puts me a little bit behind because we have Thanksgiving and Black Friday off. And a lot of people take that whole week off so I can't get in touch with them. And then December rolls around and now we've got, like, a week and a half off, basically, at the end of the month. So the month is really short. And I still have to get the same amount of work done. So I always find myself feeling like very... Um, tunnel vision is the word I want to use, but it's not quite right. But I feel I like really focused, nose to the Knuckle ground. Down, yeah. yeah, like white knuckled, trying to get things done. And I think a lot of people are probably feeling the same way just about this year in lockdown in general. Hmm. But it's important to remember... You know, there's a silver lining, there's a horizon over there. There's hope for the future. Just don't don't focus so hard on what's shit right now. Focus, like, you know, getting through this... I almost said trying time. I am so sick to death of people saying, these these <laughs> trying times are the... Anyway. Positive. Positive. Yeah, I think when you saying you said just now, mm. uh, there's hope for the future, I think that's a really nice... Yeah, what well, we kind of message to this, just, just like forget about this year. This year's gone now. It's done. Uh, just think about it. Can only get better. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast, but I know it's something I've said to you personally quite a few times. I, despite the fact that how like cynical and sarcastic I am, um, that's mostly just because I grew up in Massachusetts. But you remember, I'm English, right? Yeah, I know. Ex and, <laughs> but. And th I think this is why we talked about it before. <laughs> hmm. It's um, <laughs> despite that, I am very much a like a glass half full kind of person. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I always I, when I, I look at a situation and I the analytical side of my brain is always like, this is all the ways that thing is gonna break. And yeah. then the the side of my brain that I actually think with is uh, just like. Yeah, but if we do it right, it's gonna go like this. It's just that that kind of the, um... the luck side of your brain that comes through far too often in video games. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, yeah, I see. Uh, I just I'm I'm always at heart. I'm a very hopeful person and a very. Mm. Um... That's why you like sledge so much. It's because every wall you break down with that sledgehammer, 
There could be an enemy on the other side waiting with a shotgun. (laughs) But you're so fucking lucky and hopeful. You're like, ah, that could just be like a cake, though. (laughs) And it usually is. (laughs) No, you've never smashed through a wall and found a cake. I'm I'm saying that now, calling your bullet bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I, like... Um, there's actually a, a bit of irony to that statement I just I just made. Um, well, I, I I wonder if this comes down to it. Um, my my mother's name is actually Hope. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the, the, I I was raised by the word, so maybe that's why I am so hopeful. <laughs> yeah. Also, wasn't that like the slogan of Barack Obama? No, no, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was Yes We Can, Hope, and Change. Kai's a Barack Obama fan. Barack Obama was the first president to prove that you can get elected by promising absolutely fucking nothing. Anyway. Sorry. I, I, I actually didn't, I disagreed with Obama politically, but I, I didn't have a problem with the guy. Like, he, I thought he was, he was a decent politician. He was no better or worse than the politicians that came before or after him. Um, (laughs) that's a controversial statement, the after part. Uh, uh, well, um, move on quickly before I start rambling. No, 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 I, I think, I think we've covered pretty nicely how some of the finer points of basically the, the TLDR? What does TLDR stand for? Too I long, forget. didn't read. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the TLDR of this segment really has been that yeah, it's it's been a rough it's been a rough year, but honestly, it's gonna be a good twenty twenty one. I think. Yeah, twenty twenty is it's a year that I don't know. We we've had quite a few years of things going pretty good and like you know life coasting by things are getting better quality of life you know there's Hmm. more money cool technology nice video games nice movies tv shows and then 2020 like kind of slap people in the face a little bit and you have to look a little bit harder to find the good things but they're out there i think that's that's the positive message is you know there is hope there's good things uh, yeah. you just and somewhere out there, there's a hundred and three year old lady sipping on a <laughs> Bud Light, enjoying life for what it is, and oh my that's God. inspirational to me. That that woman needs to have like some kind a of fucking a, medal. Yeah, a medal, a poster. Like she needs to be on a billboard somewhere. Fuck, just... make her the next president. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh my God! Uh... By the way, we got through eleven positive things did we oh my yeah, we did um a prime number <laughs> i think though that that's uh probably i just hit the mic with my pen i think that's oh. probably a good point though to end off the podcast on a very very positive positive note jovial a jovial note if you say i don't know what accent that was supposed to be it was a really bad english old english accent <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> I think it started off as something else. Anyway, uh, this is going to be the end of the TMCJ podcast. Hopefully you got a little bit of inspiration from this more positive segment three than I think we've had in a while. Um, (laughs) But again, thank you all for listening, and hopefully you'll tune in again next week. Have a great 2020.